students for being with us as you are being seated. Go ahead and put yourself into, you can even circle up or try to get yourself into teams of three or four. No more than four would be best, but if you're just going to stick with wherever you are, I'm going to invite Cindy to come on up. If you would take uh, your copy of God's Word and turn to Psalm 127, Psalm 127, and you want to go ahead and get into a team, even if that means breaking up the chairs and, and whichever one. You can break up the chairs if you would like to. You can separate the chairs, not break them up. My bad, sorry. It doesn't matter to me. Psalm 127 is, is where we're going to get started. It's not necessarily where we're going to end. We're going to have a lot of different time in God's Word tonight. Um, I want to say thank you again for those of you who were able to get uh, to be with us last Wednesday. I hope you were blessed by being with us last Wednesday and hearing uh, Dr. Green's message. If you haven't yet had an opportunity to uh, go back and watch it, we did record it. It is on Facebook. Uh, you can watch it, listen to it. Um, but the crux of his message was two words. It was dream again. Uh, and it was... Uh, Again, a message that I had heard a while back, but one that has been um, kind of stirring in me for a while, uh, whether I could have communicated or not. And I was telling Cindy earlier, and I haven't had a chance to talk with, with Juliet. I've been gone uh, since Sunday afternoon. Uh, I am a part of a small group of young pastors uh, or new pastors uh, who are being mentored uh, by a retired pastor. Is actually the gentleman that uh, did Julie and I's wedding, and, and I served at the, that church for, uh, it was really one of my first churches. And, and Bryant has been walking us through, and as... Um, just as a, a little bit of transparency, last fall, end of the summer, last fall was, was very tough for me uh, because I, I couldn't quite put my, my finger, I couldn't quite wrap my mind and my heart around not just what God was doing, but what God wants to do. And I've really never asked the Lord for anything but the next step, uh, but I didn't even necessarily have that. Uh, at the same time, I knew that he was doing something. I knew that he was working in our faith family. I knew that he was preparing us for something, and, and I still do. And, and what has been very unique is that uh, sort of toward the end of the fall, but definitely as as we headed into uh, winter, uh, the Lord began to um, kind of clear the cobwebs and began to give me the, the, the next next step, and then the next step after that. And one of the things is that the, these small groups that have been a part of the last two have been completely like drinking from a fire hydrant. Uh, it has been not just because we've gotten this huge intake of information, but it has been exactly where my heart and my mind have been as it relates to our church family and what God has in store for us. And they've both really, I can kind of sum them up in this idea of dreaming again. And last week, you, and then even Sunday, I, we passed out these cards, and, and, and we're going to kind of walk through some of these areas of where I hope that we are dreaming together, where we're seeking God's face, where we're seeking God's hand, not just for us as a church family, even though we're going to talk a little bit about that, but as you dream for your life, as you dream for the life of your family and what God's going to do in your life, what God's going to do in your family's life, 
What is God going to do? What can God do in the areas uh, where you have a, a sphere of influence, whether it be in your neighborhood or with your coworkers or with your group of friends or whatever that sphere of influence is that each one of us have uh, because you have more influence than I could ever have. You, you are the ones that go out there on a regular basis. You are in the workforce. You are in the neighborhoods. And, and this is how we do this. this. We don't leave evangelism and missions and loving people uh, to, to the, the ministers or the pastors on staff. The, the goal of the staff is to equip the saints with the work of ministry. Our job is to urge you on and to equip you and to, and to do, be doing it ourselves to set an example. But part of our job is to dream together about what God can do in all of those areas. So we're going to take those areas tonight and we're going to break, we're going to kind of do them one at a time, uh, whether we're going to be talking about family or workplace or your, your lost friends. And we're just going to have some time to pray for those things in our groups. And let me remind us that it, I, I realize that sometimes praying out loud in front of people can be a little daunting. Um, it's just about talking. And so what you may do is it, your first step, it may be, I'm just not comfortable praying out loud then it may be that you just talk about it in your group with the understanding that God is in your group. Where you just speak with one another with an understanding that God is a part of your group and you're sharing with each other and he is listening in as well. And if your heart understands that he's in that circle, that's prayer. And then we'll get to a point later where maybe we are with bow, heads bowed and eyes closed. We're, we're praying out loud in front of other people. If you're comfortable praying out loud, you just you know, go ahead and go to that step or, or whatever. But we're going to take some time tonight. We're going to continue to dream. So we're going to talk a little bit about each topic. And then we're going to ask you to talk a little bit about each topic. And then we're going to go to the Lord with that topic. So, family. Psalm 127, I believe, is where I asked you to turn. Psalm 127 uh, says this. It says, Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. In vain, you get up early and you stay up late, working hard to have enough, enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. And then it says this, sons, or your translation may say children. Uh, children are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons or the children born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. There's two uh, inferences here to family. One is, unless the Lord builds the house. Unless the Lord builds the house, the Lord builds the home. And he is speaking of a literal house when he's writing this psalm. But uh, this is a song, this is a psalm or a song of ascent. This is a psalm of Solomon. Uh, and, and you will see later on in Solomon's journey, um, his family kind of falls apart. Um, because at a, a certain point in Solomon's journey, Solomon does not allow the Lord to be building his home. Solomon takes it upon himself, uh, and that's a message for another day. Um, but unless the Lord builds the house, the laborer labors in vain. 
Uh, And then he begins to talk about sons or children being like arrows in the quiver. And the idea being that our job as parents is to equip and enable our children to go out into the world and be missionaries. We're actually supposed to equip and enable our children to, to permeate the darkness with the light of Jesus Christ that is, that is in them. Um, the church is not supposed to be um, the only place that disciples our children. We are actually supposed to come alongside the families and discipleship uh, first and foremost should be happening in the home. Uh, and that's one of the areas where I think we've actually done a disservice as the church in general, not First Baptist necessarily, but just in general, where we have had sort of a come mentality and we'll do it all here, where we're really supposed to be uh, equipping the saints. That's the job of ministry. We're supposed to be equipping you and able, you're the ministers uh, where you are. I'd like us to dream about our families, and it's not just necessarily children. There are numerous scriptures that talk about different areas of the family, and I'll give you uh, just a couple of uh, examples. Um, At Johnson Ferry, a church that Julie and I served as, where we met and where we married, um, we started a a small group Bible study. It was supposed to be a small group. Johnson Ferry is a very large church. And one year we started a Sunday school class that was entitled, Are Your Aging Parents Aging You? And it was for people that were caught in that time of life where they had younger or adult children or or older children, but they were also reaching that place where they were having to take care of their parents. And we thought we'll start this and maybe we'll have 15, 20 people show up. So we had it in a normal sized classroom. And about 20 minutes until the hour, we had that 15 to 20 that were there. At about 10 minutes to the hour, we were at about 80, and we had to move down the hall to the chapel. At 10 after the hour, we had 150 people show up for this class called, Are Your Aging Parents Aging You? Family does not just extend to what we do with our children. We have these, we have influence all around us with our siblings, with our, with our parents, with some of you are very tight with your cousins. Um, so as you're dreaming, uh, one of your dreams may be uh, that, that your parents thrive in their senior years. Um, one of your dreams may be that, that everybody in your immediate household comes to know the Lord. You may be a wife and your dream is that your husband would be the spiritual leader that God has called him to be for your family. Right now, you're the spiritual leader. You may be the, the husband and, and you're praying that your children, uh, your, your wife and your children come to know the Lord. I don't know what your dream for your family is, but I want you to take just a few minutes and talk about as you dream God's dream for your family as you think what it, what could only God accomplish in my family I'd like you to throw a couple of those things out to your group share those go around the three or four people that are in your group and then we'll take some time in just a minute to pray about those things but I want you to dream and I want you to dream for your family and I want you to dream God-sized talk about it amongst yourselves I'll give you three or four minutes and then we'll pray together on your mark get set go
Father, your word says that our children are a blessing and a heritage from you. And Lord, regardless of where we were when we were able to raise them, or um, Father, regardless of what is going on in the lives of our children right now, they are a blessing and a heritage from you. Father, we ask that, um, Lord, we ask that you hear our cry and attend unto our prayer. Father, that our children will be drawn by the power of your Holy Spirit who reveals, who is the revealer, who reveals who Jesus is. Father, we pray that everywhere they go, that they cannot escape the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that the message, Father, they're not blinded to the message, but give them ears that hear and eyes that see a heart, oh God, that is softened toward you and toward your word and toward the gospel of salvation, the good news. Father, we commit our children to you. Father, we agree with you because we know that it's your will that all men are saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. We agree with you for our children's salvation and we glorify you and give you praise. Amen. So I want us to dream as it relates to our families. I want us to dream also as it relates to whether it be our, our work or other areas where, where we, we interact with folks. And I'm let Cindy take that. Okay. So our work, school, and by work, I mean work inside the home and outside the home. I always ask women, do you work outside of the home? Because I know you work inside the home. And men too, but it's not only, only work and school, but it's volunteerism. Because that may be the work that God has called you to do right now in this season. And so I want to talk very quickly about doing the small things, because the small things really matter. And you might say, what does that have to do with my dreams for work or school or for volunteerism, but I want to share an account in the gospel um, about the feeding of the 5,000. Now, that doesn't sound like a small thing, not at all, but bear with me here. Um, The feeding of the 5,000 is written about in every gospel, Matthew 14, Mark 6, Luke 9, and John 6. And I want to read John 6 because we just finished studying the book of John, right? And so I want to read John 6. And if you would like to pull out the Bibles and look there, it's John 6, verses 1 through 14. And as you're looking for that, um, just a little preface, close, it was close to the Passover and a lot of people were gathering and a lot of people had heard about Jesus and they were gathering because he was a magnet. 
Um, he was healing the sick. Uh, he was casting out devils. He was teaching about the kingdom of God. He was, he was telling the people things that they had not heard from the religious leaders. And they were hanging on to every word and following him. So that's what's happening here in John 6. It said after this, all right, so he had, um, he had crossed over. Oh, well, anyway, we'll, we'll go on. So after this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee. Oh, there it is. He did cross over the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> he crossed the Sea of Galilee, and a huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was performing by healing the sick. Jesus went up a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. So when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, remember he's a magnet, he asked Philip, where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? Now this probably, and we learned this, probably stunned Philip because he knew that it would take so much to buy enough bread to feed the people, probably two-thirds to three-quarters of a person's annual pay to feed that many people. Remember when it says the feeding of the 5,000, that there were 5,000 men, and so that's 5,000 what we would call heads of household, and the women and the children were with, were with them. And so I've heard 10, 12,000 people. Is that all right? Just want to make sure there. All right. So he asked, where will we buy bread that these people can eat? And he asked this to test him for he himself knew what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to even have a little. So he said, you know, not even almost a man's annual wage would pay for them to have a little. Well, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five little barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, and also with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were full, he told his disciples, collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, this truly is the prophet who is to come from the world. So he fed all of those people, and then they, they believed. They were like, he, he's really a prophet. He's really who he says he is. I mean, he completely had their attention. But what I mean by let's pay attention to the small things is there are several things that happen. One is that the little boy offered up his lunch. He offered up his little barley loaves and two fishes. I mean, that's a big deal for a little boy. Well, you know, a growing boy. He had to be big enough to walk there. Maybe by himself, maybe not. But he had to be big enough to have a lunch and for his mom to let him go. That's the way I see it as a mom. All right? So his contribution may have seemed seemed small, but it was necessary. Absolutely necessary. What about his faithful mom who made his lunch that morning? 
I bet it wasn't the little boy who did that all on his own. There was a mom in the background. What about the disciples who listened to Jesus when he said, divide the people and have them sit down? And what about the people who sat down? You know, John, how specific he was when he wrote so much detail. He said, those who were seated were fed. And it made me wonder, were any standing and not fed? So, but all of those little details added up to this great big event that made the people see who Jesus was. And so in our work lives, in our volunteer lives, in our homes, in our school, for those of you who are still attending school, whether it be virtual or you're actually going in person, there are little things that we do that add up. People watch us and they see what, what is their character like? Who is Jesus? Can I see Jesus in you, Kelly? Can I see Jesus in the fact that you're on time to work? She's laughing. But that you're on time to work and that you do things without complaint. That even the smallest task, you don't count as too menial for you. That when you're given a large task, that you don't go home at night and just lie awake in your bed saying, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. All right? So doing the small things, because the small things really matter in your work life. So what I would like for you to do is to stay in your groups and for each of you to go around and to think of a small thing that you can do or that God has been calling you to do or that you need to do that can make a difference. But then I want you to dream and I want you to talk about a big thing that you want to do. So it's either in your volunteer work, it's in your work outside of the home or your work inside of the home or it's at school. There is a small thing and a big thing. So after you've shared them, and we'll just take about four minutes for that, after you've shared them, I want you to pray for one another, that you will be diligent to do the small thing, and that the dream will not be too big for you to accomplish the big thing. So as Jonathan says, go. (laughs) So I think.
about two more minutes. How would you ask the Lord to bless your work, to bless your volunteerism, to bless your work in the home? If you haven't prayed already, pray for one another. A couple more minutes and then we'll move to the next one. I'm going to ask Karen if she'll pray for us, that the Lord would equip us and enable us to be ambassadors where he's called us to serve in the areas, whether it be that volunteerism, whether it be our workplaces, whether it be in our homes, that he would equip us to be the ambassadors that he's called us to be. Would you pray for us? Father, thank you for this opportunity tonight to be with one another, to talk, to learn, to listen. Father, thank you that you've been listening this whole time. You know what's on our hearts. You know what's on our mind, even if we can't speak the words. But Father, we do know we want to be your ambassador. We want to speak truth about you to the people around us. We want to love the people around us so that they'll know we're different because of Jesus. Father, help us to serve you. Help us to honor you with our lives, with our words, and with our thoughts. Father, we ask that you would use us in whatever way, in whatever place, whether it's in a school, whether it's a volunteer at church, whether it's working in the church kitchen, whether it's designing outfits or clothing or things for others to use. Father, whatever the gift is that you have given us, use us, Father, and may we all, each one of us, be willing and desire to do what you have called us to do. May we serve you because we love you and we give you thanks for Jesus who did exactly that for us. In his name we pray, amen. This is probably gonna be the last one that we have time for tonight. And Cindy and I were just saying how encouraging it is to hear you guys pray um, and, and, and to interrupt you. That's really fun too. Um. First Timothy, if you'll find First Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter two, First Timothy chapter two.
First Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to start with verse 1. I'm just going to read through verse 7. It says, First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made. What's your translation say? For everyone. You know what the Greek word for everyone means? You're good. Good job. For kings and all those who are in authority so that we might lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godless and dignity. And this is, this is good. And it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Um, the same intentional word is used in John chapter 3 when he says, For God so loved the world. It's an everyone. It's an all-encompassing word uh, in both both phases of the Greek. This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one God, one mediator between God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is everyone, which is the world testimony at the proper time. For this, I was appointed, Paul is saying, I was appointed a herald, an apostle. In, other, uh, in Corinthians, he'll call himself a minister of, recrea- uh, of recreation. He'll call himself a minister. <laughs> he was the party guy. Uh, he'll say that he has the ministry of reconciliation. He'll call himself an ambassador. In other words, it's, 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 it's God's heartbeat that everyone would, would be saved. And Paul's, Paul's job in that heartbeat is to be somebody who tells. Our, our responsibility are to be ministers of reconciliation. We are to be ambassadors of the gospel. We are to be the ones that are going and telling people how much Jesus loves them, how much Jesus did for them, and, what, and, and the relationship that they can have, that they're intended to have with, with God. And he's saying, for this, I was appointed a herald, an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I am not lying. And I'm a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Specifically, God had called Paul First to the Jews, but then he'd also called him to the Gentiles, uh, basically saying, this isn't just for the Jewish people, this is for everyone. So we're going to spend the time we have remaining. There's somebody in your life, there's probably some specific people in your life that you are praying for their salvation. We may have already covered it by, by it's your parents or it's your children, or, but it may be a friend. It may be a neighbor. It may be a coworker that you're, you're specifically praying. So I would just like you in your groups to share that person. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like the rest of the group to pray for two things. I'd like them to pray for that person by name and for your boldness and your courage and the opportunity. And it may take you some time. It may take, well, am I going to screw up? Uh, talk to Karen if you think that you're going to give the worst presentation of the gospel. Karen has already done that. She, she shared it numerous times when she, when she shared the gospel with her dad. And let her tell you that story and how God used that in her life. I have done that a number of times where I felt like I shared the gospel. And then I walked away and I remember thinking, I left so much out. And then God used it despite me or in spite of me. All we have to do is be obedient. All we have to do is be faithful. And we let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. But we start by praying for them. 
So I want you to take just a couple of minutes. I want you to share with your group. This is somebody that I'd like to spend eternity with. This is somebody who doesn't know the Lord yet, and I'm praying for him. I'm praying for her. Would you join me? And then somebody else in the group, pray for that person's salvation and pray for the person who mentioned them, that God would give them the boldness. God would give them the opportunity. On your mark, get set, go.
Father, we come to you this evening and we're wrapping up our evening by praying for those that we know that don't have a relationship with you. And Lord, there may be some that they're, uh, what did Dr. Talbert used to call it? Low-hanging fruit. They're right there. They just need somebody to come by and, and, and explain how to do it. But Lord, there's also the folks in our lives that they're so, in our minds and in our human perception, they are so far from a relationship with you. But you are in the business of miracles. And so we are lifting up these friends. We are lifting up these family members. And we are asking you how close or however far they are, draw them to yourself. Love them to yourself. Convict them of the sin that is separating them from you. And demonstrate your forgiveness. Lord, open their hearts to receiving your forgiveness. Not just so that they can have eternal life with you in heaven, but so that they can experience that abundance on this side of life as well. Lord, I pray that, that they, would, they would wake up to the fact that there is more to this life than what they are just experiencing. That you have so much more in your son, in your spirit for them, designed in that relationship with you. And Lord, as I was just praying with Cindy for the folks that we mentioned, I realized that while I was praying for uh, this gentleman in particular, I, I, I've not been praying for his wife like I should have that you would give her the boldness and you'd give her the courage. Or so allow us to also be praying for the other people that they have in their lives. Lord, I don't care if I'm the one that gets to lead him to Christ. That would be super awesome if, it, if, if you'd let me. <laughs> but I don't have to be that one. I just want to spend eternity with him. And so I pray for those that, that you will send. Other, other people that love you, other people that love your word, other people that will speak truth into their lives. But Father, we pray that you would remove every obstacle in these individuals' lives, that they might come to know you, that we might get to throw party after party, that we might be starting to fill this baptistry week after week because of the work that you are doing in our families and in our community. And Lord, as we close our time tonight, I just pray that we would leave this place continuing to dream again, continuing to dream even more, continuing to dream God-sized dreams about what you want to do in and through this place, in and through our lives, in and through our families, in and through our communities. Father, you be lifted up so that all men and women, boys and girls are drawn to you because we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you Sunday morning.